What was that one aha moment that maybe you can share with those that are listening that they might be able to experience as well, whether they join our community or any community? Well, I think you're going to have to accept that there was no such thing as a one aha moment for the simple reason Very good. that when I came to the Richard James community, I had been part of another profession and we would meet biannually and have 3,000 plus people there on the floor and another 7,000 mm -hmm. people in the gallery. So I knew the advantage of hanging with people who had similar values, similar practices, similar intents. And uh, given the level of my chronological accomplishment and given the fact that I moved to an area of the country I'd never lived in before to open my law practice, I decided that I wasn't sure how long it would take me to learn to make a living practice in law. So I started a mortgage company simultaneously. And so I hired people to operate the mortgage company. I practiced law. They ran the mortgage and I took revenues from both of them. And in a couple of years, I realized the mortgage business was going to go bust, but the law business was thriving. And so I passed that off and I continued to practice law and work in that area. But when I came to the Richard James community, I understood the value of having comrades. I understood the value of having people that you can depend on, having people that you can give counseling to when they need it, and people that can give you counseling when you need it. Just like I called Will this last week. Yes, I know that I'm a septuagenarian. I'm supposed to have a lot of wisdom. I got white hair and a white beard, but even septuagenarians need to learn something sometimes. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Mastered podcast. We're your hosts. I'm MPS. And I'm Richard James. And today we have the wonderful pleasure of talking to someone who's become a very dear friend of mine, a captain in our world and partners club, as well as somebody that I've watched grow their firm, though they consider themselves chronologically accomplished. And uh, LD, I want to welcome you to the show today. I love the terminology you came up with for yourself, and I think it's apropos, but you made your decision to really build a business a little bit later in life. Is that correct? Not entirely. I built my first business starting when I was 13. Ah. I built my second business when I was 19. Then when I was in my 40s, I decided to go to law school and went to law school and then started my law firm practice. So I started businesses repeatedly, but I started the law practice after I had some chronological accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And LD, one of the things that we like to do to just kind of break the ice a little bit for everyone is start with what is something that maybe not everyone knows about you? that I'm a strong believer in the Fifth Amendment, for one thing. <laughs> in other words, if you don't know, Michael, I'm not going to tell him that. <laughs> you knew you were talking to a lawyer, didn't you, Michael? <laughs> uh, I, I sure did, but this helped it out a little bit. <laughs> oh, that might be the best answer we've ever received. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> you just garnered the attention of all the other lawyers listening right now. Well, I learned a long time ago, if you can't CYA for yourself, you won't be able to do it for any of your clients. So I try to be a good CYA for both myself and my clients. I love it. I love it. Well, look, you started to give us a little picture there of your journey. 
And I know that you've obviously had a lot of great experiences along the way, but why don't you give us a little bit of your high level journey as an entrepreneurial attorney? I have had some difficulty with the term entrepreneurial attorney. And I'll explain to you why. Entrepreneurship has been part of the fiber of my being all of my life. Mm -hmm. But when you go to law school, they teach you not to be an entrepreneur, but to be a professional. Now, I'd been a professional before in other professions, and I understood that professionals have certain codes that they have to live up to and expectations of society. And in, in law school, we were to offer professionalism in law, and entrepreneurship was not part of it. Not one time did I have a lesson in law school about how to pay the monthly bills. Not one time did I have a lesson in law school about how to maintain a client trust account. Not one time in law school did they say, you might need to let somebody know that you're an attorney by hanging out a shingle or taking an ad somewhere because we were trained to be professionals, which we are. But over the years, my natural entrepreneurship served well in part of what we did. And I remember early on, I got the email or the website, ldholt.com. And I got it simply so my emails would reflect my business. Later, I learned that the grandkids looked at one another and said, if he's got his own .com, he must be somebody. So back then, if you had your own .com, you were somebody. Now you're just another one of them. But over the years, I realized that I was making a good living, but I wanted to make some money. And the two are not the same. So understanding that I was becoming more chronologically accomplished. And you need to understand, my mother told me not to use four-letter words and not to use some three-letter words, and OLD is one of those. And as I was becoming more chronologically accomplished, I realized that maybe I needed to make some money that I, I didn't just live off of and provide my daily needs. And so I began to look for ways to do it. And I was invited to a mastermind for realtors. I've been invited several times, but I don't sell real estate. And I, up until that point, I didn't do a lot of real estate law. But I went with some friends because I had a grandson that wanted to be a realtor. So I took five grand and took him to this mastermind. And it just so happened before I left, I had somebody had laid on my desk an email from some dude named Richard James. And he wanted to invite me to understand his material and his mastermind. So while I was at uh, a very powerful mastermind for realtors and realized there was something there worth having, I decided I would uh, check with, with this dude named Richard James and see about his. In fact, I told their administrators, I'm going to go check this dude out because we need in the legal business what you guys do for realtors. And it may be that I could put the two of you together and you could help one another. And that's really what I thought. So I come back, I look at the stuff, I buy the Richard James material, which is the way they were doing it then. And then I got a free invitation to spend money to go to Arizona and to meet <laughs> Richard James and, and the crew. 
<laughs> and once I got there and I realized what was happening, that's when I first heard the term entrepreneurial attorney. And I realized that all attorneys are entrepreneurs, whether they know it or not, or whether they do it well or not. Because if you hang your own shingle, you are an entrepreneur. And believe me, when you start practicing law at age 50, nobody wants to hire a newbie that's 50 years old. So you've got to hang your own shingle. You've got to be an entrepreneur, like it or not. So in listening to the mastermind and meeting the people that I met there in the James community, I realized, number one, that what he was doing for lawyers was far in excess to what Brian Bethany was doing for realtors. And I realized that what he was giving lawyers were things that every lawyer needed to know or understand. And so we accepted the invitation to become one of the uh, Richard James community family members. And I use the word family member without reservation because over the five years, going on six years now, I'm in my sixth year with the Richard James community. I have met many great people. And uh, just like this week, I had to make a decision about my life. And I called one of my Richard James partners and I said, give me your feedback on this. And I can trust what Will says because I know him. I know that I can trust him. And what he told me was exactly what I needed to hear. Now, I've been part of the Alabama Bar for years. I've been part of a community of lawyers for years. But I've never been a part of a community where you could be totally open and totally honest with other people about business decisions and about what you're doing. And I realized that in the Richard James community, I had found not only information I needed, instruction I needed, I found a fraternity that I needed. And it has been very valuable to me over the years. And I would like to think that there have been times I have had an opportunity to be valuable for others in the community. Oh my gosh. Well, that, uh, that goes without being, I mean, I'm glad we said it, but yeah, you are, you are an extraordinary light for those that are in our community, for them to be able to look to you and to what you're doing and how you're implementing. And thank you for the kind words, LD, but at the end of the day, you had to do it. You had to accept the invitation. I think it helps that you maybe didn't think about the word entrepreneurial attorney, because quite frankly, you just considered yourself an entrepreneur or a business person your whole life. And you knew, as you said, when you went into law, you were going to have to open up, hang your own shingle because you didn't expect to be employed by anybody else. So for you, it really wasn't foreign to talk about your law firm like a business. I am curious, you know, as that that person that's sitting here listening to this attorney that's sitting here listening to this and they're they're wondering, OK, Got it. I hear the, his journey and, and he gave kudos to the community that he's in. But what was it so specific? What was that maybe one thing that you learned that made, made the aha moment happen for you as you're in this community? And not necessarily from my teachings or maybe from somebody else. It doesn't matter where it came from. What was that one aha moment that maybe you can share with those that are listening that they might be able to experience as well, whether they join our community or any community? Well, I think you're going to have to accept that there was no such thing as a one aha moment. Very good. For the simple reason, 
that when I came to the Richard James community, I had been part of another profession and we would meet biannually and have 3,000 plus people there Mm -hmm. on the floor and another 7,000 people in the gallery. So I knew the advantage of hanging with people who had similar values, similar practices, similar intents. And uh, given the level of my chronological accomplishment and given the fact that I moved to an area of the country I'd never lived in before to open my law practice, I decided that I wasn't sure how long it would take me to learn to make a living practice in law. So I started a mortgage company simultaneously. And so I hired people to operate the mortgage company. I practiced law. They ran the mortgage and I took revenues from both of them. And in a couple of years, I realized the mortgage business was going to go bust, but the law business was thriving. And so I, I passed that off and I continued to, to practice law and work in that area. But when I came to the Richard James community, I understood the value of having comrades. I understood the value of having people that you can depend on, having people that you can give counseling to when they need it, and people that can give you counseling when you need it, just like I called Will this last week. Yes, I know that I'm a septuagenarian. I'm supposed to have a lot of wisdom. I got white hair and a, and a white beard. But even septuagenarians need to learn something sometimes. So I, I called Will and I got the answer and I told him what I was thinking. And he gave me some thoughts that I hadn't had and made it very clear that the direction that I was wanting to go was right in front of me and I should follow what I was doing. And, and, and you don't find that elsewhere. And without the, without the community, there would have been no will to turn to. There would have been nobody that I could go to and say, this is what I'm thinking. How do I handle it now? So from 50 years in business and in 50 years in associating with people of a similar profession and where you can develop trust and understanding and, and resources. When I came to the Richard James community 45 years into that 50 year trip, I already knew that I needed resources. I already knew that I needed comrades. I just needed to know where they were. And when I got involved with the Richard James community in Phoenix, I realized I had the right one. And there were half a dozen people that I met, such as Will. In fact, there were two or three people that joined at the same time that I did. And we've been comrades, buddies, compadres ever since, and still are to this day. In fact, I just sent out a gift to several of them that have children. And I sent them some special candy that you can only get in Texas and sometimes in Oklahoma and New Mexico. I sent them some candy. I sent them a Christmas ornament and I sent them a video. Now, I also sent a video to Michael, but he's not a child. He didn't get the candy. So don't let him go home pouting about that. And, but these, these families, I know they're, I know their children. I know their mother's love for them and their father's love for them. And so I wanted to share with them. And what I have found in the Richard James community is that not only entrepreneurship, not only instructions, not only uh, uh, advice and, and information that I need, but I found a, a community that I need. And uh, we meet on a, with some of these people on a regular basis. And what I learned from them week to week 
is powerful and it helps me shape my business and it helps me take advantage of some things that are not in my field of experience, but there are others who are. So I can share with them. They can share with me. And I have grown from a one man operator with uh, one person in the front office to now I have four attorneys working with me. I have 10 people total on staff, not counting me because as I learn to use the entrepreneurial mindset, I am learning how to make some money in addition <laughs> to just making a living. <laughs> that, that's music to my ears. Michael, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, well, I, I, it is music to, to our ears, and uh, I appreciate you acknowledging the community, LD, and I think it's uh, extremely valuable. But I'm curious, along your path, did you ever have a down point in your journey? And what's something maybe you took from that? Now, which part of the journey are you referencing? <laughs> Whatever part of the journey you feel like there's a valuable lesson to take. Anybody, whoever tells you they've never had a down point, do not buy property from them. Do not <laughs> buy a car from them. And do not believe what they tell you. And yes, there have been down points. In fact, it was a down point that brought me to the place where I had to decide whether to go to law school or not. In fact, I'd been a pastor for over 20 years and the wife wanted a divorce and I tried to avoid it and couldn't. And I was with the church group that said, if the wife don't need you, we don't either. So that was a kind of a down point. And I had two choices. I could become a drunk or I could become a lawyer. And I determined <laughs> it would be easier to become a drunk after being a failed lawyer than it would to become a lawyer after being a failed drunk. So I went to law school, and as you well know, to this date, I'm still a teetotaler, and I'm enjoying what I do. Have there been down moments in the practice of law? There's been difficulties. There's been times when I've had challenges. But the difference between me and somebody who is chronologically challenged as opposed to being chronologically accomplished, I've been through enough of life that I understand if you've got the right faith, if you've got the right truth, if you've got the right facts, and if you've got the backbone to stick with it, it's going to be okay. <laughs> hey, LD, you know, I want to bridge over into one of the convers one of the points you made. You've made a very interesting transition in the last maybe eight months where I've seen you transition from the, the, the only really, the only real bar card, maybe there was another part-time bar card here or there in your firm, but really the only full-time bar card in your firm that was doing the majority of the work to now building a team that you have to manage. What has been the transition like for you as you've had to learn how to manage this team going from really being responsible for you to be the lead revenue generator of the firm to now having multiple of them? The real learning that has to take place, that had to take place for me, was the learning to turn loose. I have been blessed to engage some of the smartest attorneys I've ever met. Hmm. And when you had 75 years of right living, every now and then the good Lord sends you a blessing. And he sent me two new attorneys that needed an old man to help them know a few things. And they are so sharp and, and so active and so aggressive in what they do. But they would be twiddling their thumbs 
until I turn loose. Now, I guess the one thing that evolved at that, Michael, as you know, I'm 45 years old, according to Psalms 103, verse 5. But my birth certificate was published 75 years ago. And on the month before we celebrated its 75th publication, I began to have some internal contemplations with myself and the Spirit. And I decided that it was time for me to begin to turn loose. And even though I'd had a non-equity partner with me for some time, he still was operating on a small percentage of the business because LD wasn't smart enough. Wasn't that I was too stubborn. I was just not smart enough to know to turn loose and to lead other people to do it. But somehow in the month of May, I got a couple of epiphanies. One of them is that there's something else I need to do before I terminate life. In addition to practicing law and in addition to building churches, there's one more bill left in me. And now I'm giving myself to building that new business in addition to practicing law. The only way I've got the time to fulfill that ambition and realize that uh, prophetic uh, epiphany is to turn loose and let others do it. And my biggest surprise is that I've had enough intestinal fortitude to actually do it. Because my mom always told me, you do it, son, and you get it done right. And to look at mom and say, mom, I'm going to let them do it. Make sure they do it right. That's a real, that's been a real adjustment for me. (laughs) I'm curious, do you think that you're able to do that because you decided to hire them through God's inspiration and delivering you these two amazing attorneys and you decided to say yes, so you figured you can't have them sit there and do nothing? Or do you think that you decided to hire them, consequently God delivered them to you because you had made the decision you were ready to take this next stage? Which do you think it was? Neither one. Okay. In May, I had this epiphany. And my question was, and it has to do with helping doctors, and and I contacted a doctor and some things began to, to roll and some things began to happen. But I said, I don't have the time to do that. And one of the smart things I learned over the first five years of working with the Richard James community is to quit expecting my staff to answer the phones and hire somebody that I've trained to answer the phones and do it right. And I'd lost my phone person and I was very upset. And then when I got back from our Virginia Beach meeting, the very first morning, a young man I'd taken and trained to be a paralegal said, just want you to know that this is the first day of my two-week notice and that I'm I'm leaving. And I wanted to see about talking to him in a stand and remembered that two weeks before I told my wife if he didn't have a change of attitude, I was going to have to fire him. So I decided I'd just keep my mouth shut and see where it was going. But in that one week, while I was looking for a phone person and wondering what I was going to do about a paralegal, I had another epiphany and a young lady that used to wait on me at a restaurant. I realized customer service is what her business was. And I called her up and asked her if she wanted to go to work with me. She said, yes, but. And so we worked out the but and I hired her and her mother to work as a tandem team. And uh, that same week, I had talked to a lawyer whose name had been given to me while I was in Virginia Beach and he didn't want to work. He said, I've done all of that. I've been part of a big firm. I've retired from that. I don't want to get back into doing that daily thing. But there's somebody you need to talk to. And so while I'm wondering what I'm going to do for a paralegal, 
I have this very experienced woman who's got her first, her last daughter off to college, and now she's ready to exercise the bar card she's been fondling for 23 years, and she's ready to go to work. And uh, so all I can tell you is I had made up my mind to do it and wondered how I was going to get there. But once I made up my mind, then the good Lord started sending me the people. Now, as you know, Richard, one of the things that I do that's a little bit different because I, and and one of my former lives, I did work sales and I, I believe and in and, and Alabama, you, you can't go around passing out your card saying, let me do this work for you. You kind of need referrals. But I've hired a man that went out to meet people and say, you need to refer your clients to Mr. Hope. And while he was there, he found a woman that had been practicing law for the same period of time I have, but she had been out of the country while her husband was uh, with the state department. And she had come back and settled here in a new area. And so I talked to her and, and I hired her too. And I've got two people who are very qualified. Each need to learn some different things, but either one I can trust. And if I need to be gone for a week or two weeks or three, you give me six more months and they'll be able to handle it. And all we'll need is a text and a Zoom and the telephone and business will continue fabulously. And our sales are increasing as we go because these people are bringing in people that want to do business with them. And But the answer to your question is, it had to happen here first. I had to make up my mind that I was ready to do more than be the grinding person at the computer drafting all of my documents. I decided that I wanted to help more people and I wanted to help them through others. Once I decided that, then the good Lord made sure I found the right people at the right time in the right way. LD, my friend, I could listen to you all day long. Michael, yeah. I, the, one of the best parts of his story that I thought was so cool that I don't know if anybody else caught. Yeah, I probably the, caught it, but we'll the, see. The, 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 the hire the waitress story? Yep. That's the one. Right? Yeah, what, do the you, what do you think about How do you feel about that? I mean, that I, that was... I feel great. And I think it was subtle. And I think for many law firm owners listening to this, it, it probably that's just like a, a glazed right over. Right. But I thought that was such a, a valuable lesson that you just used LD, which was you knew that this server at wherever it was that you were dining at had customer service skills and you had frequented wherever that may have been to the point that you had built a relationship. She knew who you were, you knew who she was. And rather than going out the traditional way and posting a job ad and just seeing who came to you and going through a bunch of interviews, you figured you would utilize your network and you would utilize this individual that you knew was skilled at customer service and offer her the opportunity. And I think that is a very valuable lesson in the difference between recruiting and just putting job ads out there and hoping and advertising for a role. And that was the epitome of that right there. And I, yes, yeah, so Rich, to your point, that's what I picked up on in addition to just the pure conviction in LD's voice the whole time. Well, and there's one other thing from that experience that more people need to learn and understand. Bethany, actually, I'd known her for years. I'd hired she and her husband to come when I was having gatherings at the house to help serve there. I mean, we we knew them. And Bethany said, I only want to work three days a week. 
I don't have children. My husband and I have what we want. We own our home. We don't want to give our lives to just working. And so I told her, I said, well, Bethany, I could live with that unless I find somebody that wants 40 hours. So a day and a half later, Bethany texted me and said, if you're serious, I've got an answer. Hmm. And she said, my mother wants to work. Now, her mother is 70 years old. We celebrated her 71st birthday a few days ago. And her mother came to me and she came in and Bethany said she used to be a paralegal. So I, I brought her into the office to do the normal interview. And after a five minute grueling interview, we decided we belong together as family. And so and I've got more people working for me now that for one reason or another can't give me 40 hours a week. And what I'm realizing is that ever since the pandemic, we have a different labor force in this country and we can moan and groan because it isn't like it used to be like old people do or those of us who are chronologically accomplished. We can learn from the past experience and we can go forward irrespective of the circumstances we encounter. Yeah, that, that is so money. valuable. So that valuable money. Oh I, I appreciate that, LD. Well, wow. why don't you tell us, LD, because you've led a very successful life and you've had a journey. But what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis that habit wise contribute to your sustained success? Well, habits are always personal. But one of the things that I do, and I told you I started my first business at the age of 13. I started an evangelistic business. And all of my teenage years, I was a teen evangelist in, in my area. And so you start practicing law. And believe me, the courtroom is not the church house. And there are a lot of things different and expectations are different. But it's kind of like I've told people, how could you go from preaching to being a lawyer? I said, it's the same business. I went to court with them as a pastor. I pray for them as a lawyer. So the only difference is I get to tell them how much to put in the bucket when I pass it. And I don't have to depend <laughs> on what their whims are. But one of the things that I've realized that I need for me is to keep my personal inner self focused. So before I get out of bed every morning, I start reading the scriptures, and then I've got three lists of people who've asked me to pray for them or situations I pray about. And so I, I do my devotion, I do my Bible reading, I do my prayer, and then I get up and begin my day. That is the one habit that I stick to the most, and it's the one that sustains me. And if you'll forgive my prejudice, I think adhering to that habit it's what, what put me in a position when I was ready to find people that the good Lord made sure I had them ready for me. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I, I'll tell you what, that habit's a heck of a lot better than waking up and checking your email, you know? Amen. You do that every day, huh? You have your list, you have your prayer list that you read in, in bed before you get out and start your day every day. Every day, unless I'm getting up to go to another prayer meeting and I need time to do that. But yes. All right. I need, I need to, I, that's a new challenge for me. I'm, I'm always looking to, as Blaine, our good friend Blaine says, habit links something else. So I, I got myself a yeah. new challenge. But I tell I like you, that. if you pick that habit up, 
Then you can do like I do, get to the place where somebody else reads most of your emails and tells you which ones you want to read <laughs> instead of checking them while you're still in bed. <laughs> True. True. That's a good idea. That's I love it. Idea. Well, LD, what, what's got you fired up and excited today? It could be personal. It could be business. Just whatever's got you excited. What's got me excited today is I don't know when this may, when our viewers may see it, but today is the 21st of December. It's four days before the birth of Christ. And I have sent out, I'm sending out literally hundreds of electronic postcards. I took, put a fire in the fireplace, brought children around, told them some interesting, not well-known facts about the Easter story. And we're sending these out to different ones. And like I said, there's a candy in Texas that's called peanut patties. And it's pretty much raw sugar with peanuts in it. And now they put an elephant on the front of it, which reminds you of the Alabama Crimson Tide with their gray elephant. And so I sent those out all over the country. And I called Charles Lapuka. I said, I need your, your mailing address. I've got something for the kids. <laughs> and so what's got me excited is that it doesn't matter the business problems you have. It doesn't matter all the political problems that's going on. What really counts is being real people with real people. And at Christmas, I make sure that I find children and others to be real people with. And to be honest, I've learned you can live that life pretty much 12 months out of the year. And you do, my friend, that, that you do. There's no question about it. As long as I've known you, you don't you don't just relegate this behavior to Christmas time. And so while there may be more gifts and more candy at Christmas, your willingness to be a giver, your willingness to share with others is something that is part of your DNA that you do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so for that, I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. Certainly, we appreciate your membership and your leadership that you bring to our community. But most of all, for today, I appreciate you being on the call and willing to let everybody else into this, this super smooth, wonderful conversation that I get the pleasure of hearing on a weekly basis. And so they've now gotten to hear your wisdom. They've gotten to hear your delivery. They've gotten to hear your wit. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody might want to reach out to you. If somebody did want to reach out to you, LD, please don't give them your cell phone number. Is there an email address that may somehow find their way to you if they wanted to reach out to you? Thank you for the opportunity, Rich, because when I listen to things like this, sometimes I hear something and I say, I just wish I knew how to contact that person. And if anybody would like to call me or contact me, you can email attorney at ldholt.com. It's H-L-D-H-O-L-T. Now, Michael, you know why that's my email? Let's hear it, L-D. Because at my age, I need to remember who I am and what I do. And so my email keeps me straight, see? So <laughs> if, you need to, if you need to talk to somebody who knows who he is and, and what he does, email me at Attorney L.D. Holt. And you might, might put in there, this. I need a personal communication with L.D., Please have him call my number, and I promise you, we will call. And and, and there is no no doubt about that. No, no doubt about that. And LD, you're an inspiration to to not only everyone listening to this, but to the entire membership base and partners club. You're filled with conviction, and that's something that's really admirable. And so we appreciate you. 
And to the law firm owners listening today, there were so many great things to take from this. And if you did find value today, and this isn't your first time listening or watching, we've got the gentleman's agreement around here. So if that's you and you got some value, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. And then show LD some love in the comments. There, there's so many good things today. And man, I mean, it's almost impossible for once he starts talking to not just zone in to every word he's saying, because you could just hear the conviction in his voice. But we appreciate you, LD, and we appreciate everyone that took the time to listen today. Hey, LD, one more comment before I go, before we cut today. Well, two comments, actually. One is for you. One, thank you for being the epitome and the example of what we call the infinite game. We're talking a lot about that lately, about the, the difference between playing the infinite game and the finite game. And a lot of people are playing a finite game and they, they think about their wins and losses on a daily basis. And that's how they live their life. And you've, you've lived, uh, you're, you've played the infinite game and you still are. And it's just a lot of fun to, to watch you go through that when, when others might decide that they're going to sit in the rocking chair. Uh, you've decided you've got another, you've got another path to be able to carve out for yourself, another accomplishment for you to be able to, to, to accomplish. And so I just appreciate you being who you are. So thank you for that. And I know for most of our viewers, it may be inappropriate for where you are, but Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Merry Absolutely. Christmas. Merry hey, Christmas, and, everyone. And I don't know when this is going to air, but I know that it's going to be somewhere around the time when we are uh, launching our Justice for Joy event. That's our charity event that we're launching in January. It's going to be on Wednesday, January 10th, where MPS and myself are going to put together a training for you to help you launch into your 2024 season. And we're going to partner with St. Jude. And so the training is going to be free. All we ask that you do is make a donation of any size to St. Jude. So this way you can get the training and somebody else can get the joy. And we're, we're going to do that on the 10th. And if the 10th is passed when you're listening to this, by all means, go ahead. We'll put the link in the, in the uh, description below. So you should be able to access some of that information and still be able to participate in that fundraising activity if that's something you like to do. But for all of those listening, have a wonderful, happy new year. Hope that you kick off 2024 strong. MPS, LD. Thanks. This was a great show.